So brothers and sisters, hear the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you that we have your precious word, your promises to live by, and we thank you for the guidance of your spirit this morning. Teach us, Father, help us to be mindful of your precious word, to be thankful for it, to be thinking about how to apply it. Father, we pray that we delight now in your word, and we ask this in the name of Jesus, our King. Amen. Well, in the overview on stewardship on December 29th, I shared eight areas of stewardship that we should be aware of and which we might be speaking on this year. We started talking about stewardship in general, and in that I referred to stewardship of our spiritual gifts, which I have also started, or we started in our communion meditation series from Ephesians 4. And then possibly we'll be talking about the stewardship of our finances, the stewardship of our relationships, the stewardship of creation and of the earth, and also our stewardship of material blessings, the stewardship of our body and our mind. And then on February 23rd, from Psalm 90, I shared about the stewardship of our time on this earth that the Lord has given us. And today we will be talking about our stewardship of the gospel and of the word that the Lord has given to us. And in the sermon considering our stewardship of time, I shared that time in the eternal word with the Lord is an eternal investment. And that time serving and helping people to know the Lord by sharing the gospel and to walk with the Lord through sharing the word with them is investing in eternal souls. Also in the sermon on, in February on the stewardship of time, I shared this quote from Charles Spurgeon. And I may share this each time we look at an area of stewardship this year. But it said, Anything whereby we may glorify God is a talent. Our gifts, our influence, our money, our knowledge, our health, our strength, our time, our senses, our reason, our intellect, our memory, our affections, our privileges as members of Christ's church, and our advantages as possessors of the Bible, which is what we will be talking about today. These are all talents. Where did these things come from? Whose hand bestowed them? Why are we what we are? There is only one answer to these questions. All that we have is a loan from God. We are God's stewards. Let this thought sink deeply into our hearts. It is indeed important for us, as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to let this thought sink deeply into our hearts that we are given many blessings on loan to honor and to glorify our Master and our Lord for the sake of His kingdom. And the great stewardship trust that He has given to us is His word and 
the gospel message. In this letter to Timothy, Paul is writing in prison for the second time, and he wanted to share with his beloved son in the faith, Timothy, and to remind Timothy of his calling to fulfill his stewardship of the word and of the gospel. So that Timothy would also finish his race, his life of ministry, and be a steward approved by God, a steward who is faithful in learning and in sharing the precious word of God, which contains the gospel. In Philippians 2, Paul testified of Timothy, as a son with his father, he has served with me in the gospel. Now, not everyone will be called, like Timothy, to be an evangelist, uh, to not be ordained to the same kind of ministry. In his chapter called Evangelism for the Purpose of Godliness, Don Whitney, in the book Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, and evangelism, by the way, is a spiritual discipline, but he wrote this, While God calls every believer to be a witness, he calls only a few witnesses to the vocational ministry of an evangelist or I could add, or a pastor. But all believers are given the grace of God, and I mean here the word of God, his powerful means of imparting grace to us. And we are called to learn it, and we are called to share it. Our master gave this word to all his stewards to impart through their lives and their ministries. And so first, the first point is, approved stewards recognize the blessing and the responsibility of their heritage in the word. Now in chapter 1 verse 5, Paul wrote this, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. And then a related verse later on, chapter 3 verse 14 says, continue in the things, Paul says to Timothy, which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now many of us, maybe most of us, have had the word of God available to us and taught to us at some level from our childhood. And so we at DCC have a stewardship trust, many of us from early in our lives. We have been greatly blessed with a generational blessing here, with a gift beyond measure, with a treasure beyond all treasures. And it is good, in fact, it is very important as stewards of the word that we see the word of God as the treasure that it is. Stewards who delight in such a precious gift and, and treasure carry out their stewardship differently than those who don't. They long to know it better. They also have a growing desire to impart this treasure to others. Solomon said this in Proverbs 2, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, and then, after that, the next three verses tell about how that looks. If someone treasures the commands, this is how they will act. And I won't read all that, but I will summarize it. In verse 2, it's talked about uh, inclining our ear to this book of treasure, applying our heart to understanding it, crying out for discernment. In other words, teach me, Lord, your word. Lifting up our voices for understanding. Seeking the wisdom of the word, seeking the word of God as silver, searching for it as for hidden treasures, it says. And the result of treasuring the word like that is that, verse 5 says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Jeremiah said in chapter 15, your words were found and I ate them 
and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. That is what is said, I believe, by those who treasure the word of God. They hunger for the word, they consume it, they're nourished by it, and it becomes a great joy to their heart. Psalm 119, 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. As one who finds great treasure. That's how I, I look at the word. I rejoice at it like that. And once a year, I read through Psalm 119 and meditate slowly through it, pray through it. And it always impresses on me what a wonderful treasure that I have, that we have, that the people of God have in God's word. If you feel you are not treasuring the word of God as you should, meditate through and pray through Psalm 119. It will be a great blessing to you. And we should be aware of and think more about those who have not had the word of God, or at least all of it. And when they do receive it, they are so overjoyed. They are so thankful. And they would give everything they have, all that they have, for a Bible. They would risk their lives for it. To, to get it and to, to give it, to be able to give it. In the latest Voice of the Martyr newsletter this past week, I'll just read a little bit from that. And it says, Somali Bibles are almost impossible to obtain inside Somalia, and Al-Shabaab executes anyone caught with a copy. Even in neighboring Kenya, it is difficult to find Somali Bibles at the Bible Society in Nairobi. And it goes on, and it says, Digital Bibles are much preferred in these areas because they are easier to conceal. Voice of the Martyrs provides Somali Bibles on memory cards, which Christian workers then smuggle across the border a few at a time. And I would assume that that way it would take quite a while to get a whole Bible, little pieces at a time. And then it goes on, and digital Bibles are distributed to believers who meet in small groups that gather at a different location each time. So this is what they have to do to hear the word of God. And it says, These Christians are careful to vary their means of travel, stagger their arrival times, and even enter a building through different entrances. So that is what Christians in Somalia are having to do, to get and to hear the word of God. It is the treasure that they seek. A verse that you all know because we have sung it, we have read it many times in our covenant readings. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Now the word hidden here is also translated in some versions, treasured, because we hide or we store up or we keep as precious what we treasure, because it is so valuable to us. But it doesn't mean that we are to hide it or keep it from others. In fact, it is a responsibility for us to pass on, to share this great treasure that we have been given, to carry out our heritage by giving what we were given. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul said this, he, he said that we have the treasure of the gospel, this great treasure, in these earthen vessels, meaning our weak bodies. It dwells in, our, in us, it's carried by us, and it, in our minds, in our weak minds, to show that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So this treasure is not meant to be buried in the ground like the talent was by the one who received the one talent. But it is given to weak vessels like us to show the power of God. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. And Timothy knew the scriptures, the treasure of the word from his youth. 
and they made him wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a famous pastor, whom we all know, named Phil. Back in 2001, he shared from 3 John chapter, uh, verse 2 uh, in a sermon on prosperity. And that verse says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. And relating prosperity to stewardship, Phil said, God doesn't make us prosperous so that we can selfishly cling to it. He prospers us so that we will have more than we need to be able to overflow into the lives of others, have increased stewardship to serve others. The more faithful our stewardship, the more God gives above and beyond what we need. And brothers and sisters, the word is our great treasure. We are indeed rich with truth. And the word which he has richly given to us as stewards is to overflow into those around us. So a steward approved by God is thankful for their heritage, they are aware of it, and they are thankful for the eternal treasure that they have been given, that they have had maybe their whole life. And they will not squander it, they will not hoard it. But they will ask the Lord to help them be bold in declaring the good news, to fulfill the heritage that they have been given, their stewardship of this treasure, even if it means suffering, which is the next point. Approved stewards are bold with the gift of the gospel. They are not ashamed of it. In chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. So Paul is telling Timothy here to stir up what he was given, what he'd had all his life, to not let it become dormant, to, in a sense, stoke the embers, to light the fire. The gifts he was, the gifts he was given needed to be exercised and, and to grow, to develop. Sharing the gospel is a discipline uh, that can be learned and it can be developed and sometimes needs to be stirred up. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, he told Timothy to exercise himself toward godliness. Some versions say, train yourself toward godliness. So he was to train himself to be nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which he had carefully followed. And I wonder, dear brothers and sisters, if this time now, this unique time, isn't a time for us to be stirred up by each other, to be faithful stewards of the word of God and of the gospel. The world needs for us to proclaim the truth. Our own families need for us to proclaim the truth and the hope of the gospel. May the Lord fill us with his spirit and light the fire in our hearts to compassionately speak to others of the gospel, unafraid of any rejection or opposition or suffering. Fear of sharing the word may cause us to be lax sometimes, to be negligent, where we, in a sense, bury our talent and, and cease to use it much for our master. The word of life is needed by others so that they might come to accept his word as their treasure also. Timothy may have been timid and fearful sometimes and lacking boldness in his task, and we too may often feel that way. And so it is good for us to remember that the power is in the gospel, not in our eloquence. We are stewards of the powerful gospel. 
Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed, Paul said, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul said this, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word of the cross is the power of God. Now, Don Whitney said this, Often it is the message of the cross lived out and demonstrated that God uses to open a heart to the gospel, but it is the message of the cross proclaimed through which the power of God saves those who believe. So we are to live out the gospel. We are to demonstrate it. And that does open people's hearts to the gospel. But it is the message of the cross proclaimed, as he said, through which the power of God saves those who believe. They must hear the word of God. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And Don Whitney said that the gospel we share is itself embedded with the power of the Holy Spirit. So brothers and sisters, we all have the power of the Spirit of God to be witnesses using the particular gifts that he's given us. And Paul was an example to Timothy of being courageous, not fearful in proclaiming the gospel, which he called the testimony of our Lord. And the Lord is the focus of our proclamation. And he asked Timothy to join him in his sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God, he said. We are to share the powerful gospel, whether we suffer for it or not, according to or by God's power. It must be done in the Spirit. Paul said to the Corinthians in, in 1 Corinthians 2, I, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So even if we tremble sometimes to share, let's let the Lord work through us to demonstrate his spirit and the power of the gospel, that people would come to faith, not by any wisdom or skill we may have or lack, but by the power of God and for his glory. And may the Lord make us bolder, in sharing the treasure of the gospel, which is the testimony of our Lord, because it is the power of God. And may we not be ashamed, but share in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Chapter 2 begins, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so, our third point, approved stewards of the word, share it. They commit it to others because it, it cannot be chained. It cannot be held back. We are weak without walking in grace, as Ray shared last week. And we can be strong in the grace of God by learning and by sharing the word of grace, by committing it to others. We have a treasure that is meant to be passed on. It's meant to be shared. Now, in Timothy's case here, he was to commit the word, what he had learned, to faithful men 
to future leaders who would teach others also. Men who had the foremost characteristic of a good steward, that is, faithfulness. Men who were apt to teach, according to 1 Timothy 3. Paul was a faithful servant and a steward of the Word of God, and he desired that Timothy also be a faithful steward and, and give it to others. And we also are called to be faithful, to learn and to share the Word, to convey it, to commit it to others. Now, commit here means that we have been given a trust. We have been given a deposit, something we are to entrust to others. And last week, Ray shared from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, where Paul spoke of the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, he said. So Paul was given the glorious gospel, as we have, as a trust, a stewardship trust, which he was to distribute for his master and by his master's power, as we are. And Ray then shared from verse 13 of chapter 1, 1 Timothy, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The Lord is the one who enables his people to do what he has commanded, who empowers them to bring the word and the gospel through the various ministries, ministries that he, he calls us into, using the particular spiritual gifts that we have been given. We don't all have to share the gospel in the same way, but we are given it to share. And the word is not meant to be kept or hoarded, as I said, or even held back and treasured by us alone. And it cannot be chained or bound or held back. So having it and not sharing it should be a hard thing to do. The natural inclination of stewards of such a great treasure is to give it, to share it, to share this good news, to tell people, I have this great treasure. The Spirit wants us to give what He has caused to be written. According to Mark 16, 15, the Lord wants the gospel to go into all the world and to be preached to every creature. And a basic part of the gospel is that Jesus was raised from the dead. And so Paul reminds Timothy in verse 8, uh, back in 2 Timothy, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. So Paul was in prison, and he suffered, because to the Romans and to the Jews, he was an evildoer. He was a problem maker. He caused them problems. And I would say, may we be troublemakers in this way. And Paul was chained. He was bound physically. But praise God, the word of God is not chained. Even if we are chained someday uh, or limited in, in some way. In Paul's case, the gospel was not bound even then, even when he was chained and in prison. In fact, he told the Philippians, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, that meaning his imprisonment and, and the limitation of his movement, uh, he was restrained physically. He said, I want you to know what happened to me, that they, all these things have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So, brothers and sisters, the gospel cannot be chained. In the Lord, our labor is never in vain, even in our imprisonment, or even by our death. Even if believers are chained for Christ, the Lord uses it to further the gospel. And in this case, those who saw and heard Paul became 
confident, even more confident, as they saw the Lord use this for the furtherance of the gospel. And so they became much more bold to speak the word, it says, without fear. May we become bold to speak the word without fear, even if it takes suffering. And often, I think it does. And when we suffer, may others become bolder, and may the word be even more spoken without fear. Now, in our current situation again, we see the gospel is not chained. It's not chained by a pandemic. In fact, it is time to show the world that the good news cannot be chained. It is not subject to our fears or to stay-in-place orders or to sequestration or to government overreach or to unbiblical and unconstitutional restrictions. It cannot be stopped or bound. In Isaiah 55, 11, the Lord, the Lord said of his word, My word that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. His word will accomplish what he desires because it cannot be chained. And I am always amazed when I think about this, that he can use us as weak and fearful as we may be to do this. And But we are commanded in Colossians to let this treasure of the word, to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, it says. And as we allow the word to dwell in us richly, to be in our minds and in our hearts, we are able to, and we will desire to, teach and admonish one another, to speak of it more with anyone, wherever we are, even if the world tries to chain us somehow, to stop us from doing this. And may the Lord use us to share that which we have heard and learned. Passing on the word is to be generational also, certainly to be committed to our children, to our families. And so let's pray that we will be faithful and bold to commit to others what has been entrusted to us, especially to our children, who will do the same until the Lord comes. One of the ways that the Word is able to dwell in us richly is as we study the Word, as we dig into it. And the fourth point is, approved stewards are diligent to understand the Word and to help others understand. And this is chapter 2, verse 15, which we read in the beginning. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, some versions translate this uh, word diligent here as study. So it would come out, study to show yourself approved to God. And we are to do so diligently, meaning to work hard. That word means to do your best, to make every effort possible. And study is certainly involved in this. And so is listening to the Word of God. So is memorizing it. So is meditating on it. This exhortation is, again, given to Timothy as a leader in the church there. And teachers of the Word must be diligent in their study of the Word to be able to learn and to teach. And you can pray this for your leaders. Please pray that for us, as I know many of you do. And all stewards are to seek the approval of their Lord and Master in all they do, especially in our stewardship of His Word. Paul in Galatians 1 said, If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. A servant or a steward of Christ seeks to please him, above all, to receive his approval. In 1 Thess 2, verse 4, Paul said, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. God has given us the word of life. And at various levels, we are gifted to be people of the Word. And through us, 
to help others hear the word. And he has entrusted us with the gospel to speak to others, not to please men, but to please God, our master who rightfully tests our hearts. We are to be diligent learners, teachable disciples who can then be approved by God as a worker or a steward who is not ashamed of his lack of knowledge, but who is always learning to rightly divide or to cut or to parse, in a sense, and to understand the word of God. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul said, let, let a man so consider us, or let others so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Brothers and sisters, we should be seen as people who are always studying or talking about or sharing the word of God. So people will say about us, wow, those people, those are people of the word. Those people are really connected to that book. And I used to read missionary biographies uh, some years ago. I read some uh, uh, on missionaries who were in preaching to the Muslims. And in those books, maybe it's not the same nowadays, but back a long time ago, those books said that Muslims called Christians the people of the book. And that might have been a derogatory term, but they associated Christians with the scriptures. And may that be what folks think of us. And I would highly recommend some study of hermeneutics, which is the science of interpretation, how to understand the principles of biblical exegesis. Now, I just saw this past week that Ligonier has some good material, uh, new material on hermeneutics. Um, first of all, R.C. Spruill, there was a recording of uh, renewing on Renewing Your Mind. It was a good broadcast recently on how to study the Bible. And then he has a book called Understanding Scripture, which is a very sound beginning in hermeneutics. And also, I just noticed this week, Gary DeMar has a, a new set called First Steps Toward Interpreting the Bible. And there are many other books out there. And also, you should consider uh, reviewing Phil's uh, first 13 sermons or so, I believe, of the Revelation series. That would be very good uh, understanding of hermeneutics. Approved stewards are diligent to study the word. They seek the approval of God their master in this. And they are always growing in how to rightly divide it. Because they know that the word of truth is inerrant. It is powerful. It is given by inspiration. And so point five is approved stewards are fully convinced that the word is authoritative. It is inspired. It is powerful. And scripture is profitable to equip us for walking with the Lord in this world. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Stewards know the word of God is powerful and God breathed, given by the Spirit, and it is spiritually discerned. And I feel strongly that every believer should Memorize this verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and meditate on it. And also, I believe we should memorize 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. It's related to the inspiration. Both of these are good to memorize together. And that verse says, No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so I think a good application today, if you haven't thought of one at this point, for some of you would be to memorize both these verses. Both 
make very clear that the word is completely authoritative because it is God-breathed. It was given to men moved by the Spirit to write it. And as stewards, we carry out our calling by being confident of this, going forward in faith. R.C. Sproul said this, I think the greatest weakness in the church today is that almost no one believes that God invests his power in the Bible. Everyone is looking for power in a program, in a methodology, in a technique, in anything and everything but that in which God has placed it, his word. He alone has the power to change lives for eternity, and that power is focused on the scriptures. Dear family, stewards of the word, we have the mighty and powerful word of God, the unbound word of God, the words of our Lord Jesus. And stewards of this gift receive it and continue to grow in their ability to understand it and to teach its doctrine. Stewards keep growing in willingness to receive reproof themselves from the Word of God, and then grow in ability to give godly reproof from the Word. Stewards receive correction from the Word of God, and then they can give godly correction from it. And stewards receive instruction and training from the Word of God, and thus grow and mature in righteousness, and then desire to help others grow in righteousness through the Word. <clears throat> Excuse me. Approved stewards learn from this path described in this verse. And they realize that they are called to impart what they learned. They do not doubt the truth and the authority or inerrancy of the Word of God. And you are probably aware of this by now, but every sermon, every worship service in this church shows that we believe in the total inerrancy of the Word of God and that it is applicable in all areas of life. And this confidence and faith that the Scripture the canon that we have is inspired by God, is foundational to make us ready to serve. And approved stewards accept the charge to be ready to teach the Word of God. In chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, I charge you, Timothy said, or Paul said to Timothy, Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom, preach the Word, be ready in season and out of season, Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. The related verses, 1 Timothy 3.15, Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you to the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So stewards are called to be ready to serve and to carry out their master's commands and his desires. Back in Roman days, servants had to be very alert and hop to it without delay, at their master's call. And we are to be ready in season and out, it says here, meaning no matter what the situation is, easy or hard, to be ready in skill, to be ready in heart, to take every opportunity the Lord gives us to share the word of God. And the question I would ask here is, are we ready for this season we are in by God's sovereign plan? To Are we ready to bring the word into this situation. And how do we gain readiness? Well, first, I believe we must pray. We must ask the Lord to give us chances to share the word, to look for and pray for opportunities. I think most of our readiness needs to be in the preparation of our heart, in the recognition of our role to know and to share the word of God at whatever level we can using our particular gifts. 
In 2 Timothy 4, verse 5, Paul exhorted Timothy to be watchful also in all things, he said, to endure afflictions, to do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, he said. But he said, watchful, be watchful, be alert and ready, like a sprinter at the starting line, poised and ready for that gun to go off. And may we help each other to be ready and ask the Lord to make us all alert to opportunities of speaking the gospel and the word. Well, finally, stewards approved by God will be rewarded. In chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Earlier in Paul's ministry from Acts chapter 20, when he was saying goodbye to the elders at Ephesus, he said, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. He knew that chains awaited him, but he also believed that chains would not bind the Word of God from going forth, because he said this at that same time, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, some versions say, or of any value to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Knowing that tribulations were coming did not stop Paul from going to Jerusalem. He had given his life to the Lord and he wanted to finish his race, to finish his ministry with joy. And we see in this letter that he did finish his ministry well, his calling as a steward of the Word of God. He said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And that ministry was to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's how he defined his ministry. And we are also to testify to the gospel of the grace of God in our lives, that we may rejoice even more in the good fight, in the race well run, in the crown we will receive. Paul fulfilled what he was called to do, and now at the end of his life he rejoices in what awaits him as a good and faithful steward of the word, and that awaits all the saints who love the appearing of the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters in the Lord, people of the word, a crown of righteousness is reserved for us purely by the grace of God, by his saving and sanctifying grace. And it is okay to love to think about that, to carry out our stewardship with that in mind. And to now, at this time, be people of the word who carry out our heritage as possessors of the scriptures, who treasure the word and share it freely, because it cannot be chained, who are diligent to study the word and interpret it biblically, who rejoice in the authority and the power of the word of God, and who readily share it as faithful stewards. Let's pray. O oh Lord, we are your people, the people of your word, and we have life and purpose in you because of your inspired and powerful word. We desire, Lord, to be faithful stewards of this precious gift and treasure of your word and of the gospel. And Lord, we seek your grace to be ready to speak and to share it boldly. May we be diligent to study it, to please you, and to glorify you. O oh Lord, establish the work of our hands as we serve in your kingdom as stewards of your word, for we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.